We are live. Another edition of All In on High School Sports. I am Kurt Valenti here with Jennifer Valenti and our special guest tonight, head coach of the Ramapo Football Raiders, Coach Drew Gibbs. How are you, Coach Gibbs? Uh, doing great. Uh, great to be with you guys tonight. Welcome to the show, Coach. A little background about our guest tonight. Coach Gibbs is at Ramapo, the back-to-back defending 2018-2019 Group 3 Regional Champs. Each of those seasons, he went 13-0, and so he currently defends a 26-game win streak. He finished the 2019 campaign as the number one public school in the state of New Jersey and was also named the 2019 NJ.com Football Coach of the Year. Uh, Coach Gibbs' overall record at the helm of Ramapo was 167-48, and and he has won seven Group 3 sectional titles. Um, he is also inducted into the New Jersey Coaches Hall of Fame in 2014, and this fall, 2020, will mark his 20th season as the head coach at Ramapo. So lots of accolades, Coach. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on our program. Welcome. Thank you very much, and I, I don't think you uh, should forget to mention that Kurt Valenti was <laughs> on Coach Gibbs' first staff at Ramapo, <laughs> an outstanding freshman coach for us, and uh, we had a great time coaching together for a couple of years. Absolutely, Coach. Absolutely, and, and I'll get to that. And I'll get to something in a second I want to say about you. But uh, I mean, we only have an hour on the show. We keep reading all your accolades. We might not get to anything else. You know. But um, again, thank you for uh, for coming down. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going to say this not because you're on the show. My opinion: the best high school coach in New Jersey. I know Coach Siciliano has said it many times on the show. Coached with us also, but. I mean, listen, I'm being a little biased tonight, but that's my opinion. And um, like I said, again, we want to thank you for coming on. First question I want to ask you is um, a little bit about your background. Um, I would say, obviously, you've, you've had tons of success at Ramapo in your tenure there. What experience and who um, got you ready to become the head coach of Ramapo? I had a couple of experiences, but probably the number one uh, was the opportunity to work with Chuck Johnson at Ridgewood High School. Um, Coach Johnson is a legend in, in New Jersey high school football, and, and I don't think there's anybody who's a better teacher of the game, more organized, uh, cares about people more. So uh, that was my first coaching job after college, and uh, that was a tremendous learning experience for me and, and really uh, you know, g- gave me the passion to go on and, and, and coach at both the college and the high school level. Um, I enjoyed my experiences coaching at the college level on, on the staff at Montclair State under Coach Giancola. Uh, that was another great learning opportunity. Uh, I went to Kane College with Glenn Hedden and, and had a chance to be there for a couple of years. So uh, you know, those were where my roots in coaching uh, got established. Uh, I was very fortunate to play one year for Fred Hill at Montclair State. And uh, Coach Hill went on to become a a highly successful baseball coach at Rutgers University, and uh, he was a great role model as well. Coach, I want to get into one more thing, your coaching style a little. Uh, obviously, like you said, I've, I've worked with you for three years, so I kind of know a little bit about it, but um, it, it seems like you do a, a, little, a couple things a little different or maybe that some high school teams won't do. Uh, first thing is your offense. You know, you kind of have that, like, Oregon-style, no-huddle offense. Um, if you want to talk about that a little bit. Well, certainly uh, 
we picked that style of offense up in 2012, and uh, it was a matter of, of adapting to our personnel. Uh, you know, when I, as I said, I spent 10 years with Coach Johnson at Ridgewood. We were a wing T offense. Uh, I came to Ramapo, and in my first season there, we had a tremendous amount of talent. So we went to an NFL-style inside zone running game, stretch run game, and, and passing game there. Um, and what, what happened going into the 2012 season was uh, we had an outstanding football team, but we kind of didn't have those bodies that, that were the traditional prototypical tight ends that we had always had. And we didn't have that fullback type guy, but what we did have were a lot of very athletic receiver type bodies. So uh, kind of made a decision that we would adopt that style of offense. I went on and uh, did a lot of research in the off season and uh, worked with a fellow who's uh, now at Arizona, Noel Mazzoni, very, uh, very renowned offensive coordinator at the college level. Uh, learned a lot about Noel's system and, uh, we brought that to Ramapo in 2012, and uh, we were fortunate enough to win the state championship that year, and uh, we've had a lot of success with that style of offense ever since. Okay, one more thing for me uh, about the coaching style. Uh, it's been noted, so you, you know, I saw you on TV, saw a lot of articles on the web about uh, the tackling, how you're a proponent of not tackling in practice and stuff like that. Would you be able to go into detail a little bit about that? Absolutely, uh, absolutely. First of all, I, I don't think we're the one of the only teams to do that. I think a lot of the high school coaches in in North Jersey, especially, have kind of adopted that philosophy at the same time as we did. So um, I think our our notoriety for it probably isn't as well deserved. In that, I think a lot of guys have done it, but we we've all seen the situation where you know the numbers in football were down, and we had to find a way to adapt. And uh, you know, one of the things that has been real good for us is we don't have guys getting hurt during the week in practice. So we have our, you know, our best players are ready to play on Friday night. Um, we did have to research and develop drills that would help us improve our tackling without actually taking guys into the ground um, every day in practice. So uh, we spent some time researching. We spent a lot of time working on it. And uh, I think it's really become more the norm now in high school football than, than an anomaly. I think a lot of teams have adopted that style because you know, you, you want to have your, your best players healthy for, for Friday nights. Uh, Coach, I want to talk to you a little bit about the uh, Ramapo football culture. Uh, your first year at Ramapo, you came into a program that was coming off of a state championship. You have continued that winning tradition and arguably taken the program even further. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit how you've cultivated a culture that breeds um, success season after season. Well, certainly, you know, taking over for Mike Miello at Ramapo High School um, was a tremendous honor and uh, maintaining the tradition that he built there was something that uh, has always been very important to me. And uh, I've taken that very seriously. I mean, Ramapo has always had, you know, a tradition of excellence in athletics. Um, we've had great community support. Um, I think that's been a big part of it. Uh, our, our whole community gets behind it. Our families uh, get behind it. Our players, you know, understand that there's, you know, there's a great, I, I always talk about the opportunity that comes with wearing that R on the side of your helmet. You know, you get, you get the opportunity to play in big games, to play on television, to play in MetLife. Um, you know, along with that, you know, those opportunities, there's a lot of responsibility. So I think it's a buy-in from the whole community. 
Uh, and I've been fortunate to have some outstanding assistant coaches on the staff as well. Um, if you look at our staff right now on the varsity level, every coach has either played at Ramapo. Um, the only outlier is Coach Acapinti, and he's in his 15th year. So we've, we've really got guys who are very committed to the program, who understand the tradition, who have been a, around a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I say, you know, if you cut one of our coaches, he probably bleeds green. Uh, you know, <laughs> these guys really buy into the program because, again, most of them have played there. And uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's a real special, it's a special thing, the, the tradition that we have. And, uh, you know, we talk about it a lot to the players. I think the players understand it. The coaches understand it. And we all, uh, you know, we all take a, a lot of responsibility in maintaining that tradition. I just want, I want to jump in that again because, like I said, I was only there for three years, but I saw a lot of what you were saying. Um, what else would you say about the parents? And, um, like, I, you know, when I first heard about Ramapo and Wayne Hills, like, when I got there, I'm like, okay, how crazy could it be? Then you get there and you're like, oh, my God, it's like this is like a college-type atmosphere. Um, what else would you say about the support from like the school and support from the like the parents and my other one other question before you know I, I get off of this subject is you just mentioned about the assistant coaches now is it a lot easier since those kids have been in your system where it's not like here you got here coach know this I mean it's probably just like from day one boom we're running this those kids you know the the, the coaches know that so that's got to be a big advantage of having a you know a former player on your staff um yeah I I think uh well, to start with the parents, um, you know, the parents see the success that the program has had. They see what what it does for their their children and and the great experience they have. So we've had tremendous support. Uh, you know, the last two years we've had players go on uh, and play in the Ivy League, and and so I, I think the parents see that it's you know it, it is very demanding. There's no doubt about it. We ask an awful lot of their son, um, but the kids buy in. And the parents buy into our process and, and the process has proven to be effective. So I think that helps with the buy-in. Um, and again, I, I couldn't be, you know, I couldn't be more proud of the support that we get from our families and our community. Uh, and as far as the coaches, you know, the, the plays all change from year to year. But the one thing, Kurt, if you went to a practice, you, you're not going to see a practice structure that's a whole lot different than it was 15 years ago. And the expectations that we have for the kids in terms of effort, in terms of discipline, you know, those things stay the same from year to year. And, and so, yes, these coaches have lived it as players and, and now they're, you know, they're just passing it along to the next generation. Um, and, and one of the things that I'm so proud of in our program is, you know, the way we do things. Yes, it gets passed down from the coaches. There's no doubt about that. But but it also gets passed down from class to class. You know, the standard gets passed down from the seniors to the juniors. And and then a new group takes over as seniors. And, they, you know, they understand their responsibility to, to maintain that tradition and to pass along the standard. So um, I think it's one thing when everything comes from Coach Gibbs and when everything comes from the coaches, you know, we're going to be good when that happens but you get a chance to be great when it goes from player to player, from generation of player to generation. That's, that's when you really get buy-in. And I, I think that makes such a difference. Coach Gibbs, I, I have to tell you, I'm listening to you talk and, uh, you know, I was a coach for many years myself and you're making me miss it. I did step down, but just hearing you speak, you know, saying all those things like that's when you have a program, those are the things that you hope you develop. And I just, I just love hearing you say it. I'm, I'm getting chills. I want to come play for you. 
<laughs> but uh, all, all those all those things are just so so nice to hear because that is it you know makes a program and it's just life experiences that those kids are that are always going to remember. I wanted to uh, shift gears to the upcoming season, 2020. Um, as we all know, we've been impacted severely by COVID-19 and things have drastically changed for you know the new normal that might be coming our way. Um, I had a couple questions for you. I wanted to start with, um, you know, obviously in a successful program, you're doing things year round. So I know you probably have your weight room open, you know, starting in January. Um, maybe you're doing some, your kids are training. They might be playing other sports, but they're probably still, you know, even come the summer, they're getting ready to, you know, do some stuff for football. I was wondering if you can tell us how, you know, the COVID impacted your off season preparation. Yes. Well, it's had a big impact on our off season. Uh, you know, first I'm just, Personally, I'm just terribly disappointed. I miss our players. You know, they, uh, you know, I think we, we both feed off each other. So those guys get me excited every day to, to come to work and to continue to get better. And, and hopefully it works both ways. So I, I miss our players. I'm sure they miss being around each other and, and miss our routine. Um, so not being able to access a weight room, not being able to do the things that we're used to doing. Um, you know, it is, it's an issue, but obviously the safety of everybody has to come first. And uh, so I, I like to think we, we've done the right thing with regard to social distancing. You know, we followed all the, the regulations set forth by the NJSIA and we're, uh, we're hopeful to get back to what the state is calling phase one on uh, the 13th of July, where we can finally get together with our players and do some conditioning. Um, right now we've had virtual meetings with them. We're on Zoom with them four, four days a week going over some base schemes and things like that. Uh, we've sent our players workout packets to follow. Um, you know, so we've done some of that stuff as well. We've sent them some drills that we'd like them to work on on their own. Uh, I know the Parisi Speed School opened up uh, about two and a half weeks ago for some outdoor training. So we've got a number of boys involved in that. Uh, that's been a big part of our off-season preparation through the years. Uh, they do a great job in training athletes and uh, you know, they get to hear our players get to hear a different voice for, for a couple months in the summer, and, and that's been a big part of the whole program as well. So, uh, you know, it's had an effect, um, but I, I think uh, I know how seriously our players look, you know, look forward to the season. So, you know, I expect when we can start, our guys are going to be in pretty good shape, but we'll have a ways to go. But I think they'll be in pretty good shape and, and excited to get back on the field and excited to get back together with their buddies. I'm sure. Again, the uh, you know, obviously we all want to prepare for our season, but I think you hit the the other nail on the head there about just you know that team camaraderie piece. You know, coaches and players, players and players, and coaches and coaches. Even um, I hope that it does get back to uh, to normal as soon as possible as well. Hoping there will be a season. Could you give us a little um, you know information about what your program goals and expectations would be for the upcoming season? Uh, I will. And, and just to circle back to the COVID thing for just a second, you know, one of the things that, you know, we were talking about as a staff today that is probably going to miss more than anything else is the locker room experience. Mm -hmm. You know, that that 60 guys just hanging out together That's that, true. you know, our guys spend a lot of time in that football locker room um, during the off season and during, the, you know, the training and after games, before practices, after practices. And, you know, that's a, a big a big part of the bonding of a team happens in that locker room. And uh, I think, unfortunately, you know, if we're able to play, I think we're going to miss out on some of that experience of, of getting everybody together. True. Um, 
as far as your question about goals, the, the goals at our place never change, man. We want to win that last game in the big stadium. That's, yep. you know, that's always the ultimate goal every year. Um, but we do have, you know, we have a goal board and it starts with steps and the, and the steps are always to win game one. Uh, you know, we're going to open up uh, on the road at Old Tapan, you know, a, a team that uh, traditionally has, has given us, you know, given us trouble. And uh, you know, that's going to be a big game for us, uh, the opener. So beating Old Tapan is always our first goal. Uh, we always want to have a winning season. That's important. Uh, qualifying for the playoffs is usually goal number three. And then uh, then winning it all is goal number four. So uh, those go up on the board. In fact, they I think they went up on the board in January. And uh, we like to check them off as they happen. Nice. Very nice. Before we get into a rapid fire round with you, I just want to give the audience, and uh, I'm not even sure if my wife knows the story, but um, – I don't, I don't know if you remember, but when I was the freshman coach, you would always have to yell at me a little bit because you'd be putting up the plays, and then you would say to me, you're not running that Saturday morning because we would always play before, <laughs> and you would say, that's next week for you. So uh, all the time you were like, remember, that's next week. But uh, it was always fun. But and, uh, and again, like I said to you, I wanted to say this before, but you know, becoming an offensive coordinator at St. Mary's, I'm going to be honest, it, there was nobody better than to, to be under you. You know, it was just a lot of the stuff we did when I was with you, we did it at St. Mary's. We brought it over. But just to be ready for that position, again, there was just nobody better than, you know, having you, you know, as the leader and, and knowing how to do it, you know, like whether it was a practice schedule, you know, uh, what we do on the walkthrough. I mean, honestly, I used the Ramapo sheets as the play call sheets. It was like, so... For me, being under you was everything. You know, like thinking you knew football and then working under you and and, again, and everybody, Coach Andalino, you know, Coach Breslin, everybody, Coach Rotella that was there, Coach Cislano. It was just such an experience for me personally being in at Ramapo and under you. I just, again, I want to thank you on air for everything you did for me to get me into that position so, you know, I could be somewhat successful in that position. So thank you yeah. for that. I appreciate that, Kurt. And, and again, you know, you, you fall under the Coach Johnson tree because everything I taught you, you know, uh, I learned from Coach Jay over at Ridgewood. And, uh, you know, it was very funny, uh, you know, during my first 10 years at Ramapo, my offense and defense were as different as they could be from what I learned under Coach Jay. But yep. everything else was exactly the same, the structure and how we did it and how you taught it. So your X's and O's, you know, as a coach, and, and I know you've been a coach for a long time, the X's and O's can be different, but the method, you know, there's kind of a right way to do things in a wrong way. And I think uh, I learned the, the right way from Coach Jay, and I hopefully, you know, passing it down to you was, uh, was something I'm, I'm happy that happened. All right, we're going to do a little rapid fire round with you before we get the kids Some on. Some fun questions. Some fun questions. <laughs> okay. So uh, hopefully you can answer them. Take them easy. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Rapid fire. Biggest win ever. Oh, boy. First state championship uh, in 2001 at, uh, at Ramapo High School. Uh, There's been a lot of great ones, but, uh, you know, I, I guess, it, you know, the first one is always, uh, <laughs> yep. you know, always special. And, again, there's been so many great games and, and so many great players, but uh, to finish our first season that way was very special. And sorry to follow it up this one, but toughest loss. Oh boy, toughest <laughs> loss. Uh, probably the uh, the regular season loss to Wayne Hills, where we were 
up by 21 at half or 19 at half and uh, and gave the game away in the second half. That was a tough, tough loss to to swallow because that's always been the biggest game, the, the Wayne Hills game. Um, so that's always been a big one. Had a couple of very tough losses in the playoffs to Riverdale. Um, that's kind of become, you know, the the new rivalry over the last five or seven years. Um, you know, we, we no longer get to play Wayne Hills in the playoffs because we're in different groups. But uh, uh, we went five years in a row with a regular season game and a playoff game against Riverdale. And uh, you know, they got us. We've beaten them every time in a regular season, but they, they got us a couple of times in the playoffs. Uh, three times, I believe, that uh, they've been tough losses, all of those. That was my next question. Biggest rival. Would you go Wayne Hills or now would you go Riverdale? Uh, I think both. <laughs> Good. The more rivals you have, the better. Right? Yeah, that's those, true. Those are obviously two big games on the schedule. Um, you know, Old Tapan's always a big game. Pascag Valley's a big game. Um, you know, those have been the teams that we've traditionally played year in and year out. But, you know, right now, Riverdale, when, when we see him twice a year, uh, you know, five years in a row, that certainly has become a big game. Uh, but but you can never, you know, the Wayne Hills game is always going to be a big rivalry as well. So tough. That's like picking which which child do you like better. That's a, <laughs> that's a pretty tough question right there. How about any uh, pregame, like, traditions you have or superstitions? So if it's a if it's an afternoon game, I'm gonna get a Taylor egg and cheese at Abby's Diner. If it's a Friday night game, I'm gonna get a Reuben at the Market Basket. Those nice. are those are my pregame uh, <laughs> traditions right now. Um, so they, they've been pretty consistent uh, as Perfect. far as rituals and traditions. And uh, somehow, if if we're playing in a state championship game, a pineapple always shows up on the sidelines. Oh, we lost his audio. Oh, I lost him. Uh, that's been ever since uh, 2001. Uh, but before I get to the next question, I'm not sure if you remember my friend Kenny. He uh, did a little little scouting for us from my second <laughs> freshman year by you guys. He's uh, saying, welcome Coach Gibbs and greetings from Maryland. He moved down to Maryland, so he's saying hello via chat. Hey, Kenny. Uh, okay, next question. Here we go. You're in a state championship since you're the offensive play caller. Would you rather be up four with your defense on the field or down four down four with the ball and you calling the plays? I always want to be ahead. Man, I want to be winning the game and, uh, and you know, we're going to come after you. We're going to, if you're throwing the ball, we're going to blitz you and, uh, you know, make you, you know, force you to make a play or we'll play eight in coverage. But uh, I always want to be ahead if I have the choice. Okay. Good answer. Uh, speaking of state championship games, I have a question about venues. I know you guys sometimes, as you mentioned, your first championship, you guys actually played at Ramapo. But I know obviously you've played at MetLife Stadium as well. Do you prefer the smaller venue where you have that packed feeling or the thrill of playing in uh, MetLife? That's a great question. Um, again, they're all very special playing uh you know, just a couple of years ago, two years ago, we played Riverdale at home in a state championship game. And, uh, you know, we had to actually put the game off for two days because of the snow. And our, our families went out and plowed the field and wow. shoveled the field to clear the snow. And, and we had a packed house. And that was, you know, that was awesome. That was just a tremendous atmosphere. Um, but but also, the, you know, the opportunity to play at MetLife Stadium, um, 
we were, you know, we go into the locker room and one of the attendants tells you, you know, tells the boys, well, that's, you know, that was Tom Brady's locker last week. We were in the visiting, you know, we were in the visiting that's team's awesome. uh, locker for the Jets. Um, we actually were taking a tour of the stadium the, the, the day that Eli Manning found out that his, uh, we were in the Giants locker room taking a stadium tour when we found out that Eli Manning wasn't going to start the next week. Um, oh you know, and break his streak. So, you know, we've had some interesting times down there in that <laughs> life. And, you know, that's a great place to play. Um, we had a tremendous venue at Kane uh, University. They have a wonderful facility and that gives you a little bit more of a high school type feel. And, and a, you know, the crowd looks a lot bigger in a place like Kane. And, uh, you know, that was one of the years where, Kurt, we were down and I was the offensive coordinator calling the plays to, to come <laughs> back. And uh, we came back from down 19 ourselves in that game. So, uh you know, I think all those venues are special. I don't you know. As long as I'm in the game, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> and then just a simple one. Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, or other. What's your go-to fast food place? Oh, boy. More recently, it would be a Chick-fil-A. Oh, we, 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 we almost put Chick-fil-A, we almost put Chick-fil-A as a choice. <laughs> Traditionally, it would be a double Whopper with cheese from Burger King. Those would be my two favorites. And uh, to round out the rapid fire, you're stranded on an island. What three things can't you live without? Oh boy, my <laughs> my computer, um, my computer and the internet, um, and I'm good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the one thing I need. If I have that, I think I'm probably okay. <laughs> Very nice. That's all you need. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we bring, I, I believe the players are in the waiting room. I just want to make, I want to get that story with Coach Cicilliano because I don't want to have to deal with Coach Cicilliano <laughs> if I don't ask you. Absolutely. He said he wants, him, wants me to ask you if you remember 2001. He said it was the night after Thanksgiving playing at Indian Hills. He said it was a bad first half. Not sure if he said losing or not. I don't remember. I wasn't at the game. I was probably scouting. But he said he went into the locker room threw the headphones, kicked the garbage can. He said, second half, obviously, we win the game. We come back, and he said, you said to him, hey, that was a good show you put on. And he said, oh, that was no show. That was real. He said, I was really fired up. Do you happen to remember that at all? I do remember Coach's <laughs> halftime tirade. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, I'm usually a guy that doesn't tirade when we're, when we're losing or not playing well. I'm more likely to tirade when we're winning. Um, but, but yeah, coach, it, it came from the heart and, yeah. uh, that was the, that's what made it great was, uh, that it, that it really came from the heart coach was, uh, you know, he was really a player's coach. I know our players love coach sis and, uh, you know, he had a special way of relating to the guys and, you know, I don't think, I think that's probably the only time all year he really, yep. you know, got that fired up about anything. So, you know, when, when you yell and scream all the time, it doesn't have much of an effect, but. You know, coach was a pull you along the side, talk to you quietly type of guy. So, you know, when he uh, when he got real fired up, I think it had a great impact on the players. And, and obviously we were able to go on and, and win that game in the second half. Yeah, and uh, Josh Walker, which is joining us via comment, he's saying, Coach Cicilliano kicked the can down the hill. So if Mr. <laughs> Walkowitz remembers it, it, it said memorable. something. Memorable. All right, Coach, I'm going to get the – And Josh Walkowitz had a – I think he had a, another 60-yard run in that game where he – Hopped over somebody on the sideline and kept going. You know, Josh was uh, Josh was Mr. Touchdown that season. So, uh, yeah, that was fun. 
Looks like we have uh, some of your players in the waiting room, Coach Gibbs, so Kurt's just going to let them in. While he's doing that, I'm going to give a little uh, brief bio on each of them as they as they enter. Um, we invited four to come. We'll see. Uh, I'm not sure. Right now, three are in, so forgive me if I mention someone who maybe hasn't joined us just yet, but we are joined by Sean Clapp, tight end, who earned first-team all-county honors this postseason, Tyler Cosgrove, middle linebacker who earned second team all division honors, Charles DePrima, quarterback, first team all county player in 2019, and Richie Sicca, 2019 postseason honors include second team all division. Welcome everybody, thanks for joining us guys. Yeah, thank you guys for coming on tonight. We had Richie uh, for a while, I think we might have lost him, Kurtz, you may have to let him back in. Okay, I will check the room, see, okay, I will, Bring him back in when he comes back on. Um, all right, so I'm going to ask. A, I want to ask all the guys a quick question. We can start with um, who was I'm, I'm sorry, who was missing? Okay. All right, so I'm going to start with. Uh, let's start with. Sean, Tyler, and Charles. We'll start with Sean. Okay, and this is a question. We'll go around. You guys can jump in. First question: When did you guys decide you wanted to play football at Ramapo High School? Um, I'd probably say around sixth grade or actually seventh grade. That's when I started. My sister was cheerleading at the time. So I'd always go to the games and, and check out the guys. And I just loved the atmosphere and I loved the way they were playing. And I was like, I, I just knew, I knew I wanted to go there and be part of that. Okay. Next guy, Charles, uh, you can go. Charles, you go. Uh, is this me or you? Charles, you can go. You can I'll go. So I wasn't really sure until uh, eighth grade, really. I mean, I suspected it through like sixth grade. I mean, when, when I got into middle school, I kind of knew I wanted to go either Rampo or private. And then towards eighth grade, I made my final decision. I want to go Rampo. Okay. And uh, I'd probably say around seventh grade because I remember going to the football games that all my friends from uh, Waco football. And that was the same year that uh, the 2015 the 2015 team won the state championship, so I remember that team was very entertaining to watch. So I remember Rampo played for me. All right, second part of that question, and Charles, you can start this for me. Um, explain what it takes, what it means, and what it takes to be a Rampo Raider. I mean, uh, it's not just a program; it's a culture too at Rampo. I mean, we know what it takes to win always, and. All the kids, all the players that, and families that are involved, coaches too in the program. Um, everybody puts in all in. Everybody cares about each other. And we just uh, have the right formula to be successful. Okay, Sean? Um, I think a big part about it is uh, what we have there is the next, up, next man up mentality. Um, I think everyone – I've seen people uh, – I've seen people play who you would have never thought of played and just – they're just ready. Like, I feel like everyone's ready, and that's that's a big part of Rampo football and a lot of what it's about. Okay, Tyler? Uh, Rampo football is a huge commitment, and I kind of agree with what Sean said there, that everyone has to be prepared in every situation. You never, you never know when someone's going to go down, and when that situation comes, you have to be ready to play. Okay, Coach, you want to go in on anything else, what these guys well, are saying about what it takes and what it means? You know, one of the things, listening to the guys talking, you know, especially Sean when he talked about next man up, um, I had a parent who watched our practice on Thanksgiving this year, which was a day before the, um, the state final. And um, 
you know, he, uh, he said to his son afterward, he says, you know, why, why did the second team get so many reps in practice? You know, you seem like you spent a lot of time with the second team getting reps. And, um, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. And I had a chance to sit down with this parent afterward, uh, you know, after the season we talked about it, is that, you know, we think it's really important that our second team guys get as much practice as our first and that our third string guys get coached and our fourth string guys get coached. You know, I think one of the differences, you know, maybe in our program and Sean talked about guys stepping up is, you know, they've been coached from the time they're sophomores, the same as we coach the older guys. And I think if every player gets coached every week and every practice, you know, I, I think those guys get better and better throughout their careers. So, you know, guys who buy in and do what we're asking them to do get an awful lot of opportunity and practice to get better and improve. And that allows them to be ready when that big moment uh, steps up. You know, this year we had, you know, one of our seniors, Matt Hoey, had a great playoff run. Uh, he had to play cornerback for us uh, due to injury. And, uh, you know, Matt wasn't a projected starter at the beginning of the season yet. You know, he was ready when his number was called and, and stepped up and played outstanding. And um, the last two years, our starting left tackle on offense didn't start as a freshman. All right. It wasn't a starter on the freshman team. Two different players earned a starting job by the time they were seniors and, and were on undefeated teams. So I think, uh, you know, the buy in from the players and the fact that we try to coach every player at every position in every practice, I think that that does make a difference as, as time goes on. Um, first of all, guys, congrats on uh, your championship season and also on your, your personal accolades. I know you work hard, so it, it's nice to see you, uh, you know, your hard work come to fruition. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about your uh, 2019 undefeated championship season. You guys are coming off a 2018 season where you also won a championship, also undefeated, and you graduated 18 seniors. Um, you know, in a lot of programs, that is a major setback it can be. Um, and I'm sure you guys face many doubters, you know, in the press and social media, uh, in your opponents. So um, my question is, um, did you think you would be able to repeat as champs? Like, what was your mindset going into the season? Sean, would you mind taking that first for us? Um, yeah, no, honestly, not surprised at all. Because like I said before, the next man up mentality, I think everyone was just ready. Like, every, everyone's ready. We knew, like, who we were graduating and what the situation was. And we just got ready to work and, and just worked our butts off. And honestly, I'm not surprised. Nice. And Tyler, anything you wanted to add to that about your mindset going into that season, your preparation, knowing you had, uh, you know, people who had 18 people, 18 spots to fill, let's say. Yeah, it was a, it was a big shock. I know there are so many people there that doubting us about if we were going to be the same team, but as what Sean said, we were, we were going to, practice and get ready as in the summer i mean we were going to be ready by by week one but everyone was going to be prepared to play nice and coach gibbs you kind of touched on it already but uh, it seems like you really had a group of athletes last season that were committed to like the team first mentality and you kind of touched upon that already in your your last statement with the question from kurt but i was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how some different players stepped up at different times of the season that if it was unexpected or had to fill in that really you know contributed to that that championship season yeah i mean you know all three guys that are on right now you know, they were all first-year starters and, uh, you know, at, at very key positions, inside linebacker, quarterback, you know, outside linebacker, receiver. So, you know, we did have a lot of first-year starters, but I think they were both, 
you know, mentally prepared and, uh, you know, really understood how important their role was and, and did a great job stepping up. Um, you know, I mentioned Matt Hoey, who, a senior who, who stepped in a cornerback for us uh, in the big game against Wayne Hills. Now, Richie Sicka was, was one of our one-two punts at running back. He played, he played strong safety, and uh, Jake Tyrone, a senior, was probably our feature back. But, uh, you know, Richie stepped up in the Wayne Hills game and, uh, and had a huge game rushing for over 100 yards. Coach, I don't want to interrupt you, but you must have the magic touch because while you're talking about him, he just appeared back on the screen. So. <laughs> You know? How are we doing, Rich? Good, Coach. What's going on? Good, good. Well, I'm glad we got you on here. Um, yeah, we were just talking about, you know, the way you stepped up in a Wayne Hills game as a running back. And, you know, in a couple other games, when JT got banged up, you know, Richie stepped up and made the plays that needed to be made. Um, and, and Richie played much of the season with a cast on his, on his right wrist. Uh, in fact, he caught a touchdown pass uh, with a cast on one hand. So he, he caught it with one hand. Uh, you know, so we've had a lot of different players step up. Uh, Charles got hurt in the Wayne Hills game, and, and Chris Valvano came in at quarterback and, and led us. So, um, again, that's, you know, for a purely selfish reason, you know, as a, as a program you want to win, you, you got to have those guys ready uh, to step in and, and be prepared to perform at a high level, uh, even if they're not the starter at that position. So, um, again, the next man up philosophy, the fact that it's, it's important to everybody, and I, I think our players, you know, they feel accountable to each other. They don't want to let each other down. Um, certainly as a coach, you know, I, I want to show up every week and have the best game plan because I, I know how hard these guys work. I mean, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I let them down, you know, in a week and, didn't, and I wasn't prepared as a coach. So, you know, I, I think we all feel pretty accountable to each other, and, uh, and, and I think that makes a difference. All right, so like Jen said, she wanted to get your in, you know, your intake on the uh, what your mindset was. So you guys go through the season. I want to fast forward now to the uh, playoffs and the state championship game. You guys have now an over 20-game win streak. Charles, I'll start with you. Was there any more? I mean, obviously there's pressure. You guys wanted to go back-to-back and become state champions and then the regional champions, but was there even a little more added pressure now that you got the win streak is over 20 games? I mean, we never stressed the win streak. We just treated every week as its own individual game. And I think that was the best mentality going into every single game of the playoffs because, I mean, it's a big game individually, so if we just treat it like it's a normal game, not about the win streak at all, then we won't have to worry about it. Okay, and um, Rich, uh, again, thank you, for Rich, for coming. I'm sorry for some reason like, we couldn't get you on, but um, again, thanks for coming back. My question is, so give me what's your thoughts about the playoffs and the state championship game. Want to just go over that a little bit. I guess, Charles, you know, you're the quarterback. You can go over that too, but let's get Rich's first, you know, get your your uh, your take on the playoffs and the state championship game. Well, we would never look at the game ahead. We'd always focus on the game that we were playing and take it week by week. And we never really felt that nervous, I feel like. I feel like um, we always uh, played calm, relaxed, act like we were there before. Charles, anything about the playoff state championship run you want to mention last year? I could say that the whole team had a ton of confidence going into the playoffs and the state championship. And throughout the whole regular season, we knew what we, that we had what it took. Um, we were just completely rolling in the playoffs, and I knew we everybody had confidence for sure. Nice. Let's um, look ahead maybe to the – One of the things I would say about these guys that, that certainly makes me real proud is – 
you know, when, when our team, and, and this go, has gone on for a couple of years, you know, when we get down in a game, it, uh, you know, guys don't hang their heads. Guys don't, you know, turn on each other. You know, we've had none of that during this streak. And we've been down on a number of occasions. Um, but our, our guys just continue to play, continue to work. Um, you know, a couple of instances, uh, you know, two years ago, we were down big to Riverdale and, and ended up coming back and winning the game in overtime. Uh, this year we're we're in the state final and we've beaten Pascac Valley, you know, relatively handily in the first game. And they come out on their first offensive play and score a touchdown, um, you know, in the state championship game. You know, their first offensive play goes for a touchdown um, going into half. They score to go up 21 14. We drive the ball down with with less than two minutes to go. We drive it down to their one and get stopped as time runs out. So we're down at halftime. And, and one thing that, that makes me proud of our players in all of those situations, I've, I've never seen them turn on each other. I've never seen them put their heads down. They just understand that, you know, play the next play and, and continue to work hard and, and you have a chance to make something special happen. And, uh, you know, we've had a chance to do that on a couple of occasions here. So uh, that's something that, that certainly makes me very proud of our boys. Coach, I got I to gotta tell you a funny story about my wife here. Two years ago, that Riverdale game, you're saying, I said to her, come on, we got to get to a Ramapo game. So we go up on that Friday night, we go to that game. Next thing she knows, she's telling me, you're telling me how good Ramapo is. They're down 14 on the Riverdale. What's going on? I said, yeah, just relax, relax. So just a little funny story about that. Never said that, Coach, just for the record. Embellished the story a little bit. For, was for true, the though. We were at that game. <laughs> we were there, though, yes. That was fun, wasn't it? It was fun. <laughs> You, you got the, you, you definitely got the, you know, your money's worth on the admission of that. <laughs> we did. Um, we're going to move into the 2020 season a little bit. Uh, guys, before you came onto the panel, uh, Coach Gibbs talked a little bit about um, the offseason preparation and kind of how uh, you guys have been impacted by the restrictions of COVID. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Tyler first, you know, uh, if you could speak specifically to what you've been doing in the offseason uh, to prepare. Um, it's been very tough for me because I've been relying on the Rampo weight room for all, for all, just to get my lift. But now at home, I don't have any equipment. So I just kind of look up YouTube videos of body weight exercises and kind of just do them religiously. And that's kind of how I maintain my weight and my, um, my strength. And uh, Charles, how about you? How's it been uh, for you preparing through the pandemic? In the first few weeks, I had to just be on my own. The restrictions were really heavy. But um, as the weeks kept going on, the months kept going on, we started going to uh, one of our friends' gyms a little bit. We started working out more with weights by ourselves. Shout out to my man, Reed Duffus. He's got a gym. Um, and, like, me, Sean, a few of our receivers, we've been throwing a lot too because the fields are generally open now. So we've been on top of that for real. That's good. Nice. Uh, my question is going to be for uh, – I'll start with um... – Rich. First, the one thing I would, I, before you get to your question, okay. I would add with these guys is, you know, both Richie and Tyler are, are excellent baseball players, you know, so they've, they've got to balance football workouts and baseball workouts. And, you know, I feel terrible that those guys lost that baseball season. Uh, you know, Sean plays basketball. Uh, he, he took our basket, you know, helped take our basketball team to a championship this year as well. Um, and, and that's one of the things we, you know, we encourage our players to play multiple sports. And I think that's a, that's a great thing, and I'm excited that these guys do that. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, that's always a, a challenge for them, especially in the summer, to manage those multiple priorities in sports because, you know, they, they, 
you know, they have football responsibilities. They have responsibilities in other sports. And, uh, you know, these guys, uh, you know, they don't get too much downtime. They work very hard. Coach, I just want to piggyback off of what you said. It's so nice to hear a coach of your success uh, be a proponent of students still, student athletes still playing multiple sports. I know in many programs that's become like a thing of the past, so it's, uh, it's really nice to hear you say that and support your players in their endeavors in other sports. And listen, we, we understand how challenging it is for the athletes and just try to preach balance and uh, – you know, hey, strength training is good for every sport. So, uh, you know, no matter what sport they're in, that that's, you know, that's critical. Coach Gibbs, correct me if I'm wrong, but my next question is going to be for Sean and Rich. But again, correct me if I'm wrong. No Ramapo team has ever won back-to-back-to-back sectional champions, correct, football? You are correct. Okay, so my next question, we're going to start with Sean. What would it mean to be the first team at Ramapo in that in that? unbelievable football tradition program be the first team to do it um i think it'd mean a lot um just having making your mark on history and anything is just a huge achievement and i mean it just means so much to me and of course the teams and obviously coach gibbs just to to get um to get there and just achieve that accomplishment it's a big accomplishment and i think it'd say a lot about us um just looking and like looking out success leaves clues from the other team and how we could just take every year and just put it into the next year and transfer all that success to the next year. And I think it, it meant a lot to everyone. Okay. Rich, what's your thoughts on that? Um, similar to Sean, like it'd be a great honor, especially with how much success, uh, success Ramapo has had in the past years to like do something as a first. I think that'd be incredible and be amazing. All right, uh, we want to ask you guys one individual question each. I'm going to start with Charles. Um, There's been a lot of, I'm going to use the word quote-unquote legends, but big-time quarterbacks that have been through the Ramapo program. How was it to be given the keys by Coach Gibbs to the offense and, you know, it's you're the man now. It's your show. How was that? I mean, it meant a lot. I know Coach Gibbs is a very respected coach. I know he runs a great offense. I mean, I I, – Went through the freshman year, went through sophomore year, and I saw it would be the offense for sure. I, I took in what I could. I learned what I could. And, yeah, I was very happy that I got the opportunity. My question is for Tyler. Uh, and Coach Gibbs kind of touched on this a little bit before, so I'm just going to ask for your thoughts. You are a multi-sport athlete, and I wanted you to talk to us a little bit about not only balancing your academics and your athletics every you know season that you have a sport as well, but also like managing to do that off-season commitment for your sports when you maybe are playing a sport but have some obligations maybe to train in the off-season or do things uh, like that. Could you talk to us a little bit about how you manage your time, what it's like? Uh it's very, it's very, very tough. I mean, for for baseball, it's it conflicts with football every single day of the week. I mean, in previous years, the the routine is usually two days of strength and conditioning and two days of parisis. And so, when you have baseball games in, in between that, you have to make the both. I mean, you have to go to parisis and then the baseball game after. So it's very, it's very tiring. But I. Thankfully, I love both sports very much, so it's very fun for me to do that. Great. Thank you. Okay, Rich, my question's for you. Um, 
you're a two-way player, running back. Coach Gibbs was saying um, before, giving a story about the Wayne Hills game. So you have a running back and a safety on defense. Two-part question. Number one, is there a side of the ball you like better? And part two, would you rather make a big stop to win the game defensively, like a big tackle interception, or you want to score that touchdown to uh, to win the game? Do you have a preference, or do you just want to win the game in general? Uh, I don't really have a preference. I'd like to just win the game, but, I mean, I love both sides of the ball. Like, there's pros and cons to both. Like, I love being the one to hit somebody rather than being hit. It's a nice change. But I also like being able to, you know, score touchdowns. Those benefits to both sides. All right, thanks, Richie. And uh, Sean, I know you have uh, received some impressive postseason uh, honors. So I want you to pretend you're volunteering down at the youth level with the Ramapo Youth Football Program. What advice would you give to those young players about how they could be successful one day as a Ramapo High School football player? Um, honestly, I'd just say keep working hard, just keep at it. Um, consistency is so key. And just just you just have to keep working that's like a big part of it um i think you you also have to trust the process like ram you never know where you're going to be compared to freshman year to senior year at ramapo so like you just have to keep working that's like a huge thing coach gibbs we got a question um you kind of answered it earlier on but if you want to you know just rehash it again how big is the rivalry between ramapo and wayne hills today as opposed to 20 years ago I think it's a game we circle in red on the calendar every year. Um, it's an important game. It's it's no doubt a rivalry game, and and we've, you know, hey, we try to keep that rivalry alive, and we do. And hey, they've had a, you know, they've beaten us, uh, you know, and I think in the last four years it's two and two. So any good rivalry, you know, in order for it to be good rivalry, both teams have to go back and forth. Both teams have to be quality programs, and, and obviously they won a Group Four championship two years ago, and. Uh, you know, uh, we've we've back-to-back champs, so I still think it's a it's a very big rivalry. Um, again, it's unfortunate we don't get to play them in the playoffs, um, but it's a big game on a calendar every year. All right, so we're gonna do, guys. I don't know if you were watching before. We did a little rapid fire with Coach Gibbs, so now it's gonna be your turn. We're gonna do a little rapid fire with you guys. Why don't we do? Kurt, um... before you do that, can I just answer one of Jen's questions? Again? Absolutely, sure. Jen, you talked to Tyler about balancing the two sports in the academics. And I just wanted to to let you guys know, you know, all four of these guys have over a 3.5 GPA oh, in their classes. Awesome. And, uh, you know, Charles was recently given an offer to Harvard University. Congratulations. Um, so Congratulations. I'm not only proud of these guys for what they do on a football field, but they get it done in the classroom. And and the other thing is they're, they're great guys in the school building. You know, they're, they're guys that, you know, our other students can look up to and be friends with. Uh, you know, they they uh, they certainly don't have an arrogance to them. They're they're humble. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just as proud of the way they uh, they handle themselves off the field as the way they play on the field. That's great, Coach. Thank you for sharing that with us. The, uh, Want to do a little rapid fire? Doing our rapid fire round here, guys. Since you're each going to answer, and it's meant to be quick, why don't we go uh, Tyler, Charles, Sean, and then Richie. That's kind of how I see you on the screen. So uh, you can just, as soon as we an- ask the question, you guys can just fire out your answer. Sound good? All right, here we go. Android or iPhone? iPhone. Oops, so Tyler, Charles, okay, Sean? iPhone. And Richie? 
iPhone. Oh, all iPhones. All right, all iPhones. Coach Gibbs, what about you? We don't. We're, we're going to do the guys, but I'm just curious. Isn't... Android. Oh, that a boy, Coach Gibbs. That a boy. That a boy. All right. Kicking it old school. There you go. <laughs> All right, again, we'll start up with Tyler, your favorite meal at the Market Basket. Ooh. <laughs> um, my go-to might have to be Italian. Okay. Uh, I was going to say Cali Club as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of the Pauly Wally guys. Nice. Did everybody get to answer? I was having a little, yeah? Okay. You're up, Kurt. All right, now here's a, here's a good one. Favorite NFL team? Giants, unfortunately. Panthers. Steelers. Jets. All right, second part of that question. Best quarterback in the NFL? Uh, Danny Dimes. Drew Brees, for sure. Uh, Tom Brady, I got to go with the gut. Sam Darnold, got to sit with the home guy. <laughs> Coach, nice. G- Coach Gibbs, who's the best quarterback in the NFL? Patrick Mahomes. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I don't right. know about that one. I got, I got, a, I got a two-parter as well. Okay. First, will there be an NFL season? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll find a way. Yes. All right, good. Me too. I'm hoping so. And assuming there is, who wins the Super Bowl? Who knew you were going to have the hard-hitting questions yeah. tonight? Uh, I don't want to say this, but... Cam Newton on the Patriots. I mean, he, he's looking good. Man. There you go. Good. Um, say it. I want to get to the Saints this year. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say Saints, maybe. I think they're hungry. Drew Brees is hungry. Just for the record, guys, I'm a diehard Bronco fan, but I agree with you. The Saints are gonna win the Super Bowl this year. Wow. Coach Gibb. Coach Gibbs, you want to yeah. weigh in on that one? Uh, the Giants. Hey, man, I got to go with my boys. <laughs> nice, nice, very nice. All right, guys, here we go. One song you listen to before a game. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't really listen to music. I kind of just listen to my own thoughts. And okay. That way. I'm going to have to go with my main man, Avicii. Got to love his beats. There you go. I'm listening to TS though. Just get pumped, fired up. Oh, I'm listening to scholarships. I like great. Nice. All right, I have a. Uh, when, re- when we play We Ready on the team room stereo, I know we ready. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> nice. That's it. Right, and I that's have... a throwback to 01, Kurt. It is. It definitely is. <laughs> I have uh, one final rapid-fire question for you guys. I have, like, like yearbook superlatives, so I'm going to give you guys each one. So, uh, Tyler, most likely to succeed on your team. Oh, Charles. Who was that? Charles. Okay. <laughs> All right, Charles, that bounces to you. Next one, best dancer on the team. Oh, Charles. <laughs> or John Speed, me or John Speed. Or John Skeed. I'd say you, Charles. I'd give you the top. <laughs> All right, uh, Sean. The player get that gets yelled at the most by the coaching staff. <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, out of these four people? No, 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 no it could no, be anybody. Your, your whole team. Uh, uh, see, you guys I, don't get yelled at. Oh. <laughs> no, nah, um, Nick, Nick August. Okay. Our rising junior. 
All right. And, and <laughs> this coach, uh, coach Gibbs, you agree with that one or no? <laughs> Well, he's got to play for Coach Gattuso, so it's yeah. not somebody who plays for Coach Guts. <laughs> <laughs> and my last uh, superlative, Richie, who is your teammate most likely to be on a reality TV show? Uh, Reed Duffus. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all we got. All right, guys. If you guys just want to hang, we were going to just talk to Coach because we have one more thing for Coach Gibbs, but you guys can hang around. You can get involved in this because we have like three minutes left. The last thing we want to talk about, Coach Gibbs, is we know we did a lot about – I mean, we did everything about the Ramapo football. But obviously, athletic-wise, uh, Ramapo is – rich tradition in many sports. Do you want to just take a minute and just talk about the whole athletic program at Ramapo? Absolutely. Uh, the history and tradition is tremendous, and, and it's not only in the, you know, the boys' sports, but in the girls' sports as well. Uh, you know, one of my good friends and, uh, and former co-workers, Coach Heenahan, who had the, the Ramapo girls' soccer program, from the day it was, uh, you know, the day it was invented till his retirement just a couple years ago. And uh, coach has more championships than I have fingers and toes. I mean, just a, a tremendous program there. Uh, this year, our girls basketball team um, won a state sectional final and uh, unfortunately didn't get to finish the tournament of champions because of uh, of COVID-19. So we, we have a great program there. Um uh, you know, those are two examples. The boys' basketball team is is on a tremendous run here the last couple of years uh, with back-to-back championship seasons. And uh, boys' soccer, I, I think Ramapo owns more county titles than any other soccer team on the boys' side. So um, you, you can go through the programs. We've had a, a number of tremendous track and field athletes. Uh, Grace O'Shea comes to mind, one of the top uh, track athletes uh, graduated a year ago and uh, you know every year we turn out some great runners so uh, the, the programs are, are just tremendous um, I know back when you were with us Kurt we had uh, you know back-to-back championship teams in baseball and uh, we've had some great players uh, in, in the baseball program as well so uh, it, it is a it is a rich tradition athletically uh, our kids go on to some great colleges after their their career at Ramapo and uh we're, we're just real proud of our students and everything they do. Um, and, you know, the other thing I I, tend, I do every year is I, I try to get to one of the school musicals every year. We have tremendous talented kids in our in our theater group and musical, uh, you know, uh, musicians. So it's, uh, it's a place where kids are, you know, we have a special group of kids who, who really thrive in a lot of different areas. Nice, Coach. And again, uh, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, you know, as as Kurt said, just to reiterate, you know, obviously we're talking about high school football tonight, but, you know, these are student athletes. And to, you know, hear that your players are not just, you know, taking their football seriously, but their academics and being upstanding, you know, school community citizens is re- really so nice to hear. They're learning, you know, valuable life lessons in your program that they'll carry with them for the rest of their lives. So um, thank you so much for coming. Uh, guys, it's been a pleasure to have you as well. Best of luck to you. In the yes, we'd like to season. cover you. Hopefully there is football and there's yeah. going to be football. So <laughs> we like to do some coverage of real football of you guys. <laughs> and um, and then we, you know, we do another back-to-back-to-back celebration in, you know, next year. Hopefully like, we're celebrating you know, your three-peat. That's it. Hopefully we're celebrating <laughs> your three-peat. But thank you guys, Coach Gibbs, again. Thank you for putting it all together. And guys, good luck. And uh, go get another championship. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.
Thank you, guys. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Jen. And uh, let us know when you're coming. We got a sideline pass for you. There you oh, go. Awesome. Thank you. Thank so you, guys. <laughs> All right. Good night. Bye-bye.